Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. We're discussing meaningful business and life topics to add motivation to your life and value to your efforts. Our show is hosted by certified professional CSG coaches who are often hired for private coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, enjoy the show. This is Solutions from the Huddle, and I am your host, Titus Bartolotta. Man, I am so excited to bring another episode of Solutions from the Huddle to you. Uh, our show is powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. And, uh, and if you are first time listening, right, if this is uh, the first experience, it's important that you know that uh, we bring uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, sales professionals, creative people, winners onto the program to tell us uh, how they got where they are. Maybe allow us to learn from maybe a mistake or two that they've they've endured along the way, and for us to walk away with some strategies and some tips uh, to to be a better version of ourselves. If you're already uh, a regular listener, if you're a subscriber to the show, thank you so much for coming back. And and you already know that we have found yet again another really awesome person to speak into us and to teach us and motivate and encourage us today. So I'm excited to introduce uh, my new best friend. All right. And uh, before we do that, we always start every show with a quick prayer. We'll do it this time. And then I can't wait to introduce our guest today. Uh, very simply, Lord, we ask that you bless the show, our guests, our sponsors, the listeners. Uh, just bless every aspect of the show. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. All right, friends, uh, I have a really cool person on the program today. He's a sales professional uh, with a, a company called Epic Pen, and we're going to learn a whole lot about that. But he's got lots of experience in business-to-business selling, lots of experience in being a sales professional and somebody who brings leadership and, and salesmanship to everything that he does. I can't wait to learn from our new best friend, Callum uh, Mullen, who's on our program today. Callum, thanks for being on the show today. No, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's actually a bit surreal to be on it and uh, to be described as your new best friend as well. Which yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> which is nice. It was a good intro. Um, yeah. No, uh, we're, we're such huge fans of the show at the company. Um, we uh, we stumbled across it on Twitter, actually, while we were uh, researching EdTech, as, as we do on a daily basis. And, uh, wow, honestly, it's... It brings so much positivity, like we, like Titus, what a guy. <laughs> oh man, you are you are a sweetheart, brother, and I appreciate it. Everybody hears the accent. Where where are you coming from today? Remotely coming to be our guest today. Where where are you? Yeah, so um, we're I'm coming to you from uh, Edinburgh in Scotland. Uh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an accent. It's a little bit different to what your your listeners might be used to, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, we're coming to you from Edinburgh. Uh, I live here. The company is based here, so that's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah we, we know we, we yeah we have we have listeners from all across the globe, which is really cool. But most of our guests are here in the states, although we've had lots of international guests as well. But man, I'm so excited to get to know you, Callum. Before you tell us all the wonderful things about this product in this company, uh, Epic Pen, I really want to learn more about you, if that's okay. Like, give us the journey of Callum. What brought you to be the person you are today? What brought you to the profession that you currently endure? Give us the backstory, the origin story is like a like a superhero movie, right? Like. <laughs> Like, like Wolverine's origin stories. Tell us about Callum. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I wish I had some sort of interesting story in that 
I fell into like a vat of chemicals and became, became <laughs> like had some sort of like sales superpower or there was some sort of elaborate backstory to it. But uh, no, I, my story is basically just a story of hard work, perseverance. Um, I'm coming on the show today to hopefully preach some positivity. Uh, yeah, come at it a little bit differently than some of your other guests because. I feel like I'm kind of going to come from it from the perspective of graduates who might be struggling for work right now and prospects don't seem great. And I'm also talking about, you know, companies that have struggled during this horrible pandemic, which has obviously affected Mm. all of us. Um, You know, I'm hoping to represent graduates who might be struggling for work, but also companies that can thrive during the pandemic. You know, it's not always, you know, bleak. There's enough negativity out there without, you know, anything else. So hopefully I can bring some positivity, but um you know, back to me, uh, I grew up in a, a small town called Kinross, which I, I don't imagine means anything to your listeners. But uh, if you're into your music, uh, the UK's largest music festival, uh, Tea in the Park, it, it's the next village along. So I could hear music um, from my back garden quite frequently. So uh, nothing remarkable about that. <laughs> um, and I actually went to, to university up in Aberdeen, uh, to Robert Gordon University, and I graduated with a a degree in journalism from there, which is maybe a slight curveball with regards to being a sales professional. Um, but it all kind of, it all bounds into my story in terms of where I am now and detours that I've had to take to get to where I am. But uh, yeah, starting out, I'd, I've always had an interest in people. I've always been a people person. And I feel that there's nothing more fascinating than just getting to know people Everyone has a story, right? Everyone yeah, has yeah. their own different backgrounds. Everyone's been through something or had some experience that we can all learn from. Um, so I've always been interested in that from a from a very early age. And at that time, it manifested that I felt I really wanted to get into a career in journalism to to shine a light on these stories and maybe broadcast them in a way that give people a voice that they might otherwise not have heard. Um, so that's that's what I went on to do. I went on to do four years up at Aberdeen at Robert Gordon University uh, doing a journalism course, uh, which I loved. I loved my time there. Um, like I said, people person, getting to know people is, is absolutely my passion. Um, and ultimately, you know, graduated uh, in July of uh, 2018. And from there, in terms of, you know, I was flying high. I, I looked back at myself then and I'd, I kind of looked at this wet behind the years graduate who stumbled, you know, thought was naive enough to think that he would graduate, walk into his dream job, be in that career for the rest of his life. Um, because that's, as I'd known, the university hadn't prepared us for life after university in terms of the big bad working world. Um, and from there, I kind of hit my first kind of major stumbling block. Uh, and I'm sure it's something that I feel a lot of your listeners will relate to, particularly, you know, recent graduates or recent enough graduates in that work can be really hard to come by in your your selected field. Um, in terms of breaking into the job market, it's so difficult because I, it's certainly in the UK and I, I imagine it's maybe similar in the US, but feel free to correct me. But a lot of companies, I feel, are missing a trick these days by placing too much emphasis on experience. Mm. So I found that when I left university, a lot of the jobs I wanted and a lot of the jobs that I felt were on my level 
you require the experience and you know when we're talking about experience we're not talking about you know one year's experience two years experience we're talking about five ten years experience mm. completely unattainable to when you're leaving you know leaving university and i feel that someone's skill set and what they can bring is often overlooked in favor of someone who has more experience of course experience counts for something but i'm a huge believer that you learn on the job you learn from your mistakes and just because someone might be inexperienced it doesn't mean they're not equipped to perform the job that you might need them to do i feel it's it's a lot about personality it's a lot about mindset you know do you want to employ someone who might have they have similar skill sets but do you want to employ someone who is maybe carrying 5 to 10 years of worth of experience but he maybe has within the, those years of experience a lot of kind of bad habits he's picked up over the years or do you want to employ you know a young up and comer not necessarily even young in age but young in terms of experience someone who can come into the field bring a fresh set of eyes onto it and a hunger and a determination to work hard um so i feel like that's that's a lot of my experience when i left university i i struggled to break into the journalism market eventually i i managed to get a job in journalism and it, it, it again like a lot of your graduates i i imagine that might listen to the show it wasn't all i'd hoped it would be it was it was difficult it was brutal i i found that i was a, i was kind of under equipped for a lot of it um but this is where perseverance comes into it because while well one door opens another door closes i think it's very important to have that mentality when when thinking about your career um so when i eventually you know left the my kind of brief journalism career i kind of thought well how about i focus more on rather than what i wanted how about i focus on myself uh my strengths rather than my weaknesses lack of experience is of course a huge it was a huge weakness for me at that time but i always clung to the fact that i'm a people person i can relate to people i can converse with people what other avenues is there to me and that's when i began to explore sales uh because similar to to interviewing someone and getting to know them sales actually involves a lot of that mm. you know it's all about understanding your customer understanding their needs understanding their wants identifying their needs and providing solutions um so from there i i went into um tele sales which if any of your listeners have ever worked in tele sales um hats off to you because it's a, it's a brutal environment uh it's not for everyone and uh yeah it's when i went into tele sales i was selling life insurance which uh is of course a big scary word as well for a lot of people uh, a lot of people don't understand it uh and how helpful it can be and the benefits it can have um so in terms of that it was you're you're really cold calling people and it was just brutal hit the ground running sales churning out you know figures and uh yeah i i joined a small company in in sterling in tele sales uh as just someone who's working on the phones managed to work my way up um through being a people person through listening to people providing a solution to what they need and uh eventually was was in charge of a small team there um first time uh put in charge of people um at the age of 20 
uh, when you've got experienced salespeople under you and you're this young kid who's suddenly in a position of uh, management, it's uh, quite daunting. Uh, and there's a lot of learning on the job. Um, so, yeah, uh, managed to, to, you know, really understand sales culture, the art of selling to people. And um, that was such a huge learning learning curve for me. And eventually, you know, left my, my position in telesales because, as I mentioned, it's a brutal environment. You know, we had people listening in on our calls. We had to hit call time figures. And then on top of this, you've got to learn to, to get to know who you're selling to in terms of life insurance. So um, it, I made the decision it wasn't for me. Sales was for me, but not this type of sales. For me to be a successful salesman, I need to have a product that I believe in, a product I genuinely believe in and that I believe can help people and can change people's lives for the better. I can see the benefits of life insurance. Of course, um, I believe it's a, a positive product. I certainly don't believe it, it's got, it deserves a bad press that, that it gets. Um, but for me, I, I needed to find something in my life that, I could I could sell to people for good, um, which led me to to Epic Pen. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so let Epic, me so Callum, yeah. let me chime let me chime in though because there's so much to unpack from that. Yeah. Um, number one, thanks for sharing. I mean, thanks for being vulnerable and just kind of saying, "Here's my journey." But yeah. a couple things there. What 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 was it like? You, you mentioned something that I think our younger listeners, our young entrepreneurs. Yep. Business professionals, sales professionals, recent graduates, I think is the way you worded it. You know, you mentioned something, university or what we call it here in the States, college didn't prepare me for the initial inertia of stepping into my professional life. Yeah. How was that for you to realize that the time and the money invested, uh, the agenda and the focus of the education didn't actually prepare you for day one. Cause I think that's the truth that I hear from a lot of recent graduates. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with the realization of, wait a minute, your focus and your agenda and my investment and my time, somehow you guys don't have me ready up for day one. What the hell? Right. Like <laughs> how did you deal with that? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge thing to come to terms with. Uh, so, I mean, first and foremost, I'm always saying uh, any sort of formal qualification from a college or, or university, um, if it was easy, everyone would have one. We would all be walking around with one. Uh, I'm not saying that it necessarily puts you in a better position for, for working life to, to have these qualifications. Of course, everyone comes from different backgrounds with a string of, of, of different motivations and, and uh, opportunities. But... Um, you know, if it was easy, everyone would have one. And I believe that it, you, it really tells your mental character. So when you're, you've put in four years of your life, five years, seven years, if you want to become an architect, um, and you've put that amount of time and effort into it, all the trials, all the tribulations, you're stood there, you're at the finish line, you've got your degree, and then you realize it's not all plain sailing. It's all about mental resilience. It's about, you know, I think everyone's heard that course that you dress for the job that you want rather than the job you have, right? Mm -hmm. So I think presentation's always key. Um, I think that 
you need to realize that there will be setbacks, uh, which was never mentioned to me. It was always, you know, work towards this and then you'll instantly go into the job of your dreams. Um, it's always, I, I believe that perseverance comes into it um, and that kind of mental resilience, as I mentioned, it, it's, it's so important. And I would say that to any recent graduate, please remember to be resilient. It's not always going to pan out the way you want it to be. But remember your strengths. Remember why you got into it in the first place. And just remember your interests. And because, like, like I mentioned, my degree was in journalism. Of course, never pursued a career in that. And my, my life took me in a different path. But it's, I think it's important to remember that's okay. It's okay to change course. You know, your life doesn't always take you in the direction you want it to. So I feel it's, um, you know, it's important to remember that. and. I just wish that colleges and universities, even if there's there's people working with these kind of institutions listening to your podcast, I think it's so important to stress that you need to prepare yourself for what if, what if you don't, what's your yeah. backup? It's always important to have that. So, yeah, I, I, th I think that makes all the sense. I mean, you know, I've got young individuals um, where their company's not making the financial or the time investment, but they are saying, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm in the middle of graduating or I'm an, uh, I'm an apprentice for a company and they hire me for coaching because they go, the university or the college is teaching me a and B, but no mm -hmm. one's teaching me C D and all the way through Z. And so finding books and podcasts or hiring people like myself to be coaching and mentoring, I think is, is able to bring such great value. Um, Callum, I want to play devil's advocate with you. So I want to challenge because uh, I want our listeners to just get the perspective and I want them to hear where your heart is in this. Cause I'm sure there's some great insight. You made a, a statement about, I'm not going to say that you attacked experience. You, you certainly didn't do that, but you, you, you reshuffled the deck saying, well, wait a minute, maybe we're putting too much weight on experience. I mean, how can we expect a new up and comer that's got, talent and creativity and, and, and persistence and uh, to have five years on day one. It's kind of like credit. You can't get credit unless you got credit, but how do you get credit uh, unless you got it? So, but here's what the devil's advocate I want to, I want to play with you. How do you talk to an entrepreneur that's making a hiring decision today, right? Let's say they're considering a recent graduate mm -hmm. and they're thinking, how can I afford financially to pay for the on the job training? How can I charge the customer the same price, but instead of giving them an experienced person that knows how to do it, I give them a person who's going to learn how to do it while they're doing it for Mr. or Mrs. Customer. How do we, how do we get an entrepreneur or a business owner who's, who's paying the bills that says, how do I financially afford to pay Scott the same I pay Bill? Scott doesn't know what he's doing and I'm teaching him as we go. So I'm having to deploy more resources and the customer has to deal with Scott who's learning, even though the yeah. customer's paying full price. How does the entrepreneur, the decision maker, the person paying the bills, Callum Mullen, how do they, how do they square that up? So <laughs> I feel like you've, you've kind of caught me on the back foot with that one, but um, yeah, no, I, what I would say is uh, of course, listen, of course, experience, um, you're always going to lean more towards it, right? And, and I understand that. As, as I mentioned, I, I do understand the value of experience. I'm not saying it's not valuable. 
Sure. Um, from from the perspective that that you were talking about in terms of someone who's hiring and has a budget there, I mean, I I would always go based on knowledge rather than experience. So if I'm hiring someone, I want to know. So I think it's Bill and Scott, as you said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I would be running. You know, I would be testing them both. I would say, you know, how much do you know? about our product, the passion that you have for our product, what do you know about our customers, how can you best serve them? And even if Scott, who had less experience than Bill, you know, maybe fell short, I believe that minor investment is worth it in Scott because I feel like Scott, if he's from a younger background than Bill, looks at it with a completely fresh set of eyes. He might have answers that Bill would never have previously conceived of because he's a recent graduate. He's, he's recent, you know, everything's still fresh in terms of his knowledge in this field. And I do believe that, of course, it's, it's like anything when you're an entrepreneur, investment equals risk, you know. But I do believe that I wish more people would see that this investment in terms of is more of a risk than a safe pair of hands. But I think we need to look longer term. We need, to, we need to look outside the box in terms of, you know, I invested this in Scott when he was in this position, but look at him now. He's now in this position and we have a bunch of alternative solutions, which we wouldn't have had if we just stuck with the same old and we hadn't broken the mold, so to speak. Yeah, of course, yeah. in certain situations, if the knowledge isn't there, then you do you do aim with experience, but I I just feel it's not um it's it's not the all encompassing factor that a lot of organisations feel it is because I'm I'm not talking about graduates who come out and expect to be chief executive of a company fresh sure, out sure. Uh, institutions I I'm just saying the expectation levels of some of these organisations for the job that they're advertising which a lot of the time is specifically um, targeted towards graduates. It's completely unattainable the, the the requirements that are looking for. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I would say in terms of if you're that entrepreneur and in that position. But if you're an entrepreneur, you're taking risks anyway, right? Yeah. So that's a good point. Um, yeah. So if you're taking risks anyway. So why not take this it. risk? Yeah. I, you know, we're, we're talking with Callum right here on Solutions from the Huddle, and we're talking about uh, his journey of being a recent graduate, obtaining skills putting in the time, the energy, the financial investment to better himself, and then, and then walk into the workforce and say, I'm ready, let's go. Uh, but then realizing that the university and the college didn't maybe upfit him for certain things. Here's one of the things that I say, um, Callum, I say this, I think entrepreneurs, business leaders, decision makers need to come to this term. They need to realize that they themselves need to put in place greater, more specific training situations, right? Like they, it's a lazy approach, in my opinion, to just try to go find a person that already has been doing this job for a decade, All right? It really, that's what it is. It's a lazy approach. And let's be honest, the guy that's got a decade of experience already doing this job, he's going to be harder to get. You're going to have yep. to steal them from someone else. You're going to have to pay them an, an inflated salary. And his level of hunger for excellence is probably smaller than the yep. person who says, I want to prove myself. And so I challenge business leaders to say, maybe you just need to stop being lazy 
and, and develop an in-house training program that says, here's how we take a person and progress them from the day they, they come on board to what three months later, six months later, five years later looks like. But that's, that's why it's so important to cultivate, you know, a positive working environment within your organization, because, you know, if you're not even in terms of in-house training, even in terms of in-house mentorship and support networks in place, yeah, it's a great point. hiring the right people to, to foster that good working environment. Um, you know, it's, I think that's so critical to any successful business. You need to have the right people. Cause if you've got someone who's maybe struggling a little bit, let's just take our recent graduate example as, as a result, doesn't have the experience is learning lessons the hard way. Do you want to have people that are like looking down on them in terms of your, your kind of work group? Or do you want to have people within your organization that can be like, okay, he messed up, but here's stories from my similar background. Here's how I would have dealt with that situation. And, you know, put an arm around them and, you know, show them the ropes, not molly coddling as such, but just, you know, a, a more positive working environment so that that person can grow and we can all remain at the same level and help each other improve. So I feel that's it's important. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think in sports, Callum, having that, that locker room leader, right? That yeah. veteran player that says, man, I'm going to put my arms around the young talent and I'm going to help them get there. And, and I think that what I've seen in sports is that most of the time, the franchise doesn't even truly honor and respect that veteran who's doing that, who's willing to make a little less, get a little less playing time, mentor, teach coach. Um, He's already dealing with, he or she is already dealing with getting their pride beat up a little bit, right? The new guy's getting the starting time and I'm not. Um, Their pay is probably maybe not as good or, um, and I think, to recognize and to, to lift up those locker room veterans that are willing to be positive mentors, I, it, that's really what's going to motivate them to, to do it in the first place. Yeah. I think it takes, it takes innovative leaders that are bold enough to create that workspace uh, that will even start that culture in the right direction on day one. Yeah, no, it's, it's so important if you're in charge of an organization to realize your employees that are fulfilling that role, that are going above and beyond, supporting their teammates, their colleagues, you know, they're in, in their working environment. I feel it's so important. And if you can identify those people within your organization and sufficiently reward them for that, I, I think you would reap the rewards instantly because it, it, I think an employee like that, at the moment, I would say, is quite rare to hard, rare, uh, sorry, rare to, to come by. Um, but this would be another message if I could get it out there that if you're an employee working within an organization or you're in an SME or uh, a startup, think to yourself how you can be an asset for your company. You know, That's think good. to yourself how you can make yourself useful, not only to your boss, but also for yourself, for your own learning and development. Um, and a lot of this stuff is outside of your contract, black and white your roles and responsibilities. A lot of this stuff is how can you help your, your kind of co-workers develop? And this is something I say to my team all the time. Think to yourself, instead of what should I do, think how can I help? Mm. Um, it, because I think it's, it's so important to, to have that um, within your organization. And it's so, I, I believe that the difference in working in a positive working environment, like 
without tooting our own horn like what we have uh, in my organization we've got a great team and we all support each other um through, through anything and a toxic working environment which I, I kind of unfortunately experienced a lot myself within when i worked in, in telesales is night and day difference you know in terms of mental health which is so important uh and in terms of personal development and learning is it's, it's really night and day and it's it's simple changes we're not reinventing the wheel um in terms of elaborate you know um you know papers journals and, and things that we've learned is simply think to yourself put yourself in other people's shoes um look through their eyes consider other people for a change and like i said it's all about making yourself as useful as possible uh, to your team, to your employer, to the organization as a whole. And I believe that if you do that, then the, the rewards do reap their own. If you see value in yourself, other people can see the value in you as well. Yeah, that's good stuff coming from our guest, our new best friend, Callum Mullen, right here on Solutions from the Huddle. Just a quick pause in our show. Uh, if you are interested in learning a little bit more about the brands and the companies that support this program, please go to team-csg.com. That's team csg csg.com and click on the solutions from the huddle tab. You'll learn more about the show. Uh, you'll learn more about our guests. You'll, you'll get to see all the other shows, but most importantly, when you go there, you'll see all the brands and logos that stand next to this program and believe in the concept, the crazy concept to go get smart, talented people that care and learn from them. Uh, so go to team-csg.com, click on one of those brands, one of those logos like MS digital solutions or easy living technologies or or Shepherd Law or many, many more. And you'll learn why we stand next to those brands because they're worth standing next to. Callum Mullins, our guest. And before we land this episode, I want to talk about two things. Number one, <clears throat> I want to talk about what in the world do businesses need to do in order to be attractive to our recent graduates, right? The workforce today in 2021 is hungry and thirsty for talent. Uh, we have more jobs than we have people willing to work in those jobs. Companies are trying to attract talent. They don't want just anybody. They want somebody that, that's got core values and, and brings talent and skill to the table and leaves their entitlement and their laziness at home. <laughs> Doesn't bring that to the office. Uh, what is companies? What, what do companies really need to do if they want to be attractive to the talent so they can sure up their workforce? And then after you unpack that for us, um, and 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 leaders, entrepreneurs, take some notes to what Callum's going to say. Right, he's just a few years removed, being a recent graduate, getting into the workforce. I, I want us to learn from what you have to say after you give us those few tips and tricks of what businesses need to be doing differently to get the right talent. Uh, I want to. I want you to tell us all about Epic Pen, right, and why we need to consider having that be in our toolbox. But first, how do we get more attractive and get talent like you, a couple of years removed from education, from from higher levels of education, to come be on our workforce? Yeah, so I believe two two main things. Um, first and foremost, positive working environment organizations, companies, you'd be so surprised at how much of an impact that has. Uh, you know, a happy workforce, a productive workforce, hardworking uh, workforce. Um, someone, 
don't ever think you can fool someone coming into your organization about what the culture is like because you can source the culture within that organization i would say pretty much day one on the job so i think it's very important to set your your stall out early when you're attracting talent uh, and it's very important that your team also knows and everyone's pulling in the right direction in terms of um, what kind of environment we want to create here, how open-minded we want to be uh, in our organization, for example. Coming into it day one, everyone knows that everyone will be honest with each other. Um, if there's any, there's no such thing as a bad idea. Um, any idea is welcome at any level. Um, and we're also very honest in terms of our opinion. It's nothing personal, and we all realize that. It's all working together towards our common goal. Um, but from day one, everyone's made aware that, that there's no such thing as a bad idea. Everyone's honest. Everyone adheres to our core values. Work hard, play hard. By no means are we, are we you know, workaholics uh, in the sense that, you know, it, a lot of, of companies are just work with no downtime. We're very important on the social aspect as well because team bonding, things like that, as much as people will tell you that that comes through uh, within the workplace, team bonding comes from out with the workplace. That's how mm. you grow together. Uh, and I feel that as a, co as a company, we acknowledge that and social events we do together, work events we do together. There's always such a togetherness about our team and everyone feels that immediately. So Number one, positive working environment and, and strong core values, which your, your organization must stick to. Uh, the second one, and I believe this is so, so important because it's, it's coming from someone who's trailed that path himself, uh, lay, clearly lay out where, you know, a career path. Mm. And, you know, easy to achieve objectives that if you work for, if you achieve X, you will achieve Y. Um, you know, and it has to be clear because I feel like a lot of the time this pathway sometimes gets muddled in terms of people not understanding what they need for promotion. A lot of the time you might ask people where they see themselves in five years if they're in the same organization. They probably couldn't tell you what that job title is going to be in terms of what they want to move up to. So I think it's so important when you're attracting talent that you will be starting here with mm. enough hard work, dedication, and if you fit well within our organization, you will eventually end up in this position. And it's clear, it's laid out, everyone has something to work towards. And I believe that's uh, that's all they need because graduates coming out of university, that's all they want. And I, I'm speaking from experience, you know, coming from an entry-level sales position, and I'm now head of sales of, of marketing within my organization. Um, and, you know, talk... I'm currently head of marketing and sales in what is the world's leading screen annotation tool. Um, you know, so I, I would say I'm coming into the top of my game. When I entered the organization, I, I didn't have any experience in software sales. I had experience in sales, but not software sales itself. So I would like to, I don't want to sound too, too grandiose when I say this, but I'm an example of you can come in and this is what you can achieve regardless yeah. of experience and regardless of your roadmap. So if, I think they're the two things that. If so the top, the top two things that everyone needed to write down was number one, make sure that you've got a positive work culture, make yeah. sure that your, your values and the culture is uh, clearly defined and, and held up to. And then number two, really 
lay out a career path for folks. Make sure they understand clearly, like the back of a microwavable dinner, right? Step one, two, three, four, eat, (laughs) right? Right. Simple. I love this advice that you're given. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that businesses fail to not be clear, right? We want to get our marketing so perfect on the product and service, but we don't get the marketing perfect on why you ought to come work here. Here's what our core values are. Here's what our culture looks like. Here's what's most important to us. Here's the career path. Here's what you can be. Here's what our expectations are and clearly define it. I am in love with that answer. I mean, that is perfect. We make it so muddled, right? I love your, your terminology. We muddy up the waters is what we would say here in the States, but you know, we, we, we don't make it simple like the back of a microwavable dinner. We, we, we overpromise and underdeliver. We use career advancement as a carrot to get someone to work harder. When in reality, we just need to put the benchmarks out and say, this is exactly how you win. Don't make it hard for people. We don't need to hide the success. Just give people the roadmap. I love it. Callum Mullen. Awesome advice. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Before we end this episode, which is already, I mean, this is one of my favorite episodes. This is awesome. Um, before we call it, I need to know about Epic Pen. I want our audience to know about <laughs> Epic Pen. Tell us though a little bit more about the product. Tell us what it does. Tell us how folks can get it for themselves. Maybe after this episode, remember yep. that we don't know exactly when they're going to hear this episode, right? So from an evergreen standpoint, what's going to be the right website? Where do they go in the aftermath? But first things first, what the heck is Epic Pen? <laughs> Okay, so Epic Pen, uh, first and foremost, it's not to be confused with an Epi Pen. Uh, we get that quite a lot. <laughs> um, I'm not selling an Epi Pen to people or uh, anything like that. Um, no, so Epic Pen, um, I mentioned earlier, Epic Pen is the world's leading screen annotation tool. So, um, put simply, um, if, if people are, what the heck's a screen annotation tool? Uh, it's a pen that you can use to draw on your computer screen without interfering with anything in the background. And this works with your mouse or if you have a, a stylus, it can also work with that as well. Um, so it allows you to annotate clearly over, over anything that, you, that you're working on. So that could be, you could be browsing the internet and you think, oh, I want to make a quick note on that. And you can screenshot using the app as well. So you can, you can take screenshots. And it works well with uh, video sharing technology like what we're using at the moment, Zoom and uh, Microsoft Teams. So compatible with with anything without interfering in the background. So uh, yeah, it's um, it's a little tool that people might not have realized they needed until now. Um, we get that a lot as well. And it's, it's something that we've identified in terms of um, it fills such a gap in people's lives. Um, we're based in education, as I mentioned before. Uh, and in terms of education, you can think of it as something like a, a whiteboard almost. Um, but we get so much satisfaction from the fact that within education in particular, we're really changing people's lives with our app. Um, we get teachers on a daily basis thanking us um, for being able to annotate their ideas clearly to their classes um, for students working with it themselves. They, they love it. Um, we have an educational discount as well because we, we're so passionate about education and making people's lives better. So um, yeah, um, we've got a global user base uh, and like I mentioned, a passionate team who 
we love our product. You know, it's it's our baby, really. Um, and we're very different in that so much of our product is actually based on community feedback and what they want to see in our product. So, uh, for instance, we've got our pen and then we've got our highlighter feature. We've also got screenshot and kind of like lines, arrows, shapes, things like that. These are all features which have been suggested to us by our community that we would love to see this in Epic Pen. So we've mm. taken that on board, the top suggestions all get amalgamated into you know an update. The update comes out and we get we get all the love from our community because they yeah. we truly listen to them. We we give them back what what they listen, which I feel a lot of developers and a lot of kind of software makers don't really do. They they don't listen to their audience and you know we we pride ourselves on being totally different from them. So um yeah we're we're always amazed by the different uses that our community have for Epic Pen. Um, is perfect for working or learning remotely, um, working in groups, um, annotating whiteboards, graphs, sheets, screenshotting, things like that. Um, it's, it's amazing for that. And like I said, teachers would be our kind of core contributors, but students, architects, artists, designers. Uh, we've got people that work in the finance industry, stock markets for annotating yeah. stocks. Uh, they use it as well. And we've even got a small culture of... Uh, hobbyists who just simply like to sit and draw and doodle yeah. uh, and send them over to us so it's uh it's an extremely versatile tool and it's so simple to use you, you don't need a manual or anything like that and we, we pride ourselves on that as well and uh so, yeah. so essentially essentially a similar technology like i know on zoom when you do a screen share there is yeah. an a, a a a kind of a pen option but it doesn't yeah. live anywhere outside of zoom right so it's not like yeah. mine i can't use it from website to software from zoom to graph sheets excel and so on and so forth uh so instead of being stuck having to only use it and and then having to learn from software to software to software to software i would just have one that lives on my device that that goes across all the platforms whenever i am screen sharing showing or maybe i'm not even screen sharing i'm just using my screen in my office with 10 other employees and i'm wanting to highlight and and draw attention to certain elements of my presentation is that right yeah absolutely buying on the money yeah and it's it's not walked away uh, on zoom it's uh unlocked it's allowed to roam free wherever on whatever program you're using it on um and it's it's so um intuitive you know it's we we've designed this specifically to be that regardless of your age regardless of your computer literacy you're able to just use our product install it and you're able to use it straight out the gate you don't need a, a tutorial you don't need to you know go on youtube how do i use epic pen you can figure it out for yourself within 20 minutes and that's you know that's uh that's the fantastic thing about our product and all the features that it has so um and this is something going on globally not just in in one section of the world right anybody can make this software a part of their world Oh yeah, it's globally. Yeah, available globally uh, on Windows and Mac. We've we've got a Mac version which is now available. Uh, it's still in early. The Mac version is still in early development, but something we're working very hard on, and we're very excited to see what our users make of it. But um, yeah, available globally. Uh, most is of our it, users are in the US. Uh, we've it, worked with. Yeah, is so, it more? Is it more on the mobile side? Is it for desktops, laptops, or iPads, tablets? Um, yeah, sorry. So it's a desktop at the moment only. Um, so Windows, Mac, just your computers. Um, it's not available on mobile or iPad or, 
our tablet just yet, um, but that's something that we're we're working to the future on. Um, but in terms of your desktop, uh, it's it's your kind of one stop solution for for all your annotation needs, really. Um, and the fantastic thing about it at the moment is um, is you can find us on um, epicpen.com, so epic-pen.com. Uh, we've we've recently revamped the website as well, so it's looking very uh, sleek and nice looking as well. Um, and it's you know twenty five dollars uh, for a license, uh, and that's a one off payment with all future updates included. So it's not a subscription, it's not a recurring bill. It's twenty five dollars only uh, for your license, um, and, and our license works on a per device basis. So um that's you know if you, if you want to have more devices you, you need to buy another license but you're you're getting the value of knowing that you've got all future updates included and it's not a monthly billing thing and um we the, the only kind of data data we capture is just our users email just to to keep in touch see how they're doing um offers and feedback we're, we're always looking for feedback like i said we yeah. we take um we take our community and, and what they want very seriously and uh we think it's pretty cool that you could just email into us i think this feature would be quite cool and then one day you eventually see it so uh yeah um 25 dollars for a license like i said and uh if you're what a deal if you're an educational institution or uh, a company we offer kind of uh volume discounts to to make to make it more accessible because we we don't want to walk our our you know our software away from people we we don't aim to price people out of it uh, anything we can do to get into people's hands uh we can because we find that once people use our product and they realize just how useful and, and how life-changing it is it's no exaggeration to say it's life-changing uh we we find that they love it so um you know, it, it's on the website if if you want to download it. Um, we've got a free version as well. Um, but if you if you have a larger order, you absolutely feel free to get in touch with me and my sales team. We're uh, very enthusiastic and uh, happy to help. So, I love it. Our guest for this episode, Callum Mullen. Uh, man, thank you so much, the director um, of marketing and sales for a global stud in Epic Pen. I would encourage everyone to at least learn Epic-Pen. That's E-P-I-C-P-E-N.com. Go learn a little bit more about Epic Pen. And Callum, thanks for being our guest on this episode. We hope you'll come back again in the future. Oh, thank you, Titus. Honestly, thank you for having me on. It was so great. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here with Collaborative Solutions Group. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you want to hear more episodes and continue supporting our show, simply search for and subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any major podcast platform. Thank you again, and we hope you'll join us soon.